Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report dated June 18th, 2021. Today, we look at recent economic data from a slightly different angle as we seek the truth about the strength of the post-pandemic recovery and inflation. I'm Phil Adler. The guest today is Confluence Investment Management Market Strategist Patrick Theron Hernandez. Patrick, usually economic data are presented using month-over-month or year-over-year comparisons. You're arguing that now is the time to use longer comparison periods. Instead of comparing data to month ago or year earlier numbers, it might be wise to make two-year comparisons. Why? Well, first, uh, thanks for having me on the program, Phil. The reason I'm calling for more use of two-year comparisons right now is simply that the economic data has been so distorted by the coronavirus pandemic. The pandemic led to a sharp, sudden drop in activity and now an almost equally sharp and sudden recovery. Things are moving so fast that many month-over-month comparisons just aren't that helpful in understanding how the coming trends are likely to uh, play out. And year-over-year measures are incredibly distorted by base effects as well. Comparing where we are compared with two years ago before the pandemic gives us a better sense of how close we are to something like normal or something like the previous trend. How does this change our perception about inflation and perhaps ease inflation worries a little bit? It does ease concerns a bit. The May CPI, uh, the May Consumer Price Index, was up a whopping 5% from May 2020. That marks the highest inflation rate since 2008. But compared with May 2019, the CPI has only increased at an average rate of 2.5%. That's still a bit elevated, and it's a bit over the Federal Reserve's target, but it suggests that inflation has only barely overshot the previous trend. Patrick, what economic reports besides inflation look a lot different and maybe less dramatic when using the two-year comparison? Well, you can calculate the two-year average change on lots of indicators, although it's not very common to look at some even on a year-over-year basis. For example, we've used the technique to look at the trends in industrial production, payroll growth, and even corporate earnings. Is it fair to say that the two-year comparison might not be as useful for some data like home prices? Well, actually, since home prices have also been whipsawed by the pandemic and issues related to the recovery, I would even say the two-year comparison would be useful in that arena. But yes, uh, some indicators probably can't uh, or aren't as amenable for this kind of comparison. But certainly home prices, we think, can be looked at from a two-year perspective. How about, say, lumber prices? Well, lumber prices have moved so dramatically that even the two-year method wouldn't necessarily correct for all the distortions. Here's an area where some other method would need to be found to look through the current wild swings and see where things really are compared with the more distant past. Well, there's no denying that the pandemic affected the world economy in very deep and dramatic ways. We mentioned home prices. What are some of the other distortions that are still working themselves out? 
Well, for investors, one area that we're very focused on is corporate earnings. For the first quarter, many analysts were mightily encouraged by the good earnings growth and better than expected results. Earnings per share for the companies in the S&P 500 were up 288% from one year earlier. We'll probably also see strong annual growth in the second quarter, the current quarter. But earnings are normally discussed from that year-over-year perspective, and the risk that focusing on today's year-over-year growth rates could make investors too optimistic about the future. Compared with Q1 of 2019, EPS last quarter was up only at an average annual rate of 14.7%, which is much more modest. You shouldn't just extrapolate today's yearly growth out into the future. At what point might we be able to return to the more normal one-month and one-year comparisons for useful data? Well, I suspect that won't be until a year after we feel like things are reasonably normal again. If that happens in perhaps 2021, maybe we can go back to the traditional measures beginning in 2023. I was thinking maybe we should always be somewhat wary of economic data and easy conclusions. That's actually a good point. There are always lots of ways to look at a number or a trend or an economic phenomenon. Maybe the lesson here is that it's important to look at things from different perspectives to make sure you have a true feel for what's really going on. Patrick, what is the overall story that these two-year comparisons are telling us about the economic recovery? The bottom line is that while we're recovering, in some economic areas, we're not back to pre-pandemic trends, while in others, we're only modestly overshooting the trends, at least right now. The traditional measures don't give you a true idea of where we are because they're just so distorted. And the big dramatic growth numbers or inflation numbers that we're seeing right now aren't likely to continue far out into the future. So should investors anticipate less inflation and less economic strength than consumer sentiment polls currently suggest? Yes, especially regarding inflation. We've discussed many times that today's inflation rate is distorted by base effects and the like. All these distorted comparison numbers are likely to normalize over time, even as actual economic activity and supply and demand relationships normalize too. Nothing's guaranteed, but we expect that over the next couple of years, many economic indicators will likely return to something like their previous trends. What is the confluence advice for investors as we move further into what we hope is a post-pandemic recovery? One piece of advice is simply not to blindly extrapolate today's short-term movements out into the future, but also keep an eye on those areas where economic and policy forces suggest a change from trend really is at hand. For example, we've been writing about how a number of factors will likely push the dollar into a prolonged depreciation phase, which should help boost international stocks in the coming years. Monetary and fiscal policy trends will also likely fuel a prolonged rally in precious metals, even as many other aspects of the economy normalize in the near to medium term. And will Confluence Investment Management consistently cite two-year data comparisons, at least for a while, in your messaging to clients and investors? Where it's instructive to do so, we certainly will. 
and just as important, we'll continue to use it as a tool in our own analytical work and to make sure we're keeping the right perspective on developments that affect our clients. Thank you, Patrick. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler. 